When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a very joyous H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is Corey Crisson, who is just hanging out down at the Peterson Event Center, watching all the festivities and the watch party down there. What can you report tonight, Corey? Pitt is in, Gary. Pitt is in the dance for the first time. In seven years. How cool is this? And let's let's not fake this either. They're in. The first four is in. It is the NCAA tournament. It is part of the NCAA tournament. Pitt is in the big dance for the first time since 2016. Gary, your Pitt Panthers are in. They are dancing. They will <laughs> face Mississippi State Tuesday night, 9 p.m., Dayton, Ohio. The winner gets Iowa State in the 11-6 game in Greensboro, North Carolina. Potential return to Greensboro on Friday. And this is just the sweetest thing, isn't it? It's just the best time of the year. We have a bracket to talk about, which we'll get into in the third segment. But this first segment, obviously, is all celebration. It's all excitement and jubilation for the final announcement that we got. We were sitting on pins and needles for a few days, Gary. They could have made uh, it easier on themselves, but they they chose to take the hard way. Yeah, with the the potential bid stealers out there, but it all worked out in the end, and we're going to an NCAA tournament, Gary. So good stuff there. Happy to hear it. Um, We got Mississippi State. Uh, I don't know too much about Mississippi State. What do you? What can you give us in a kind of a flash report here? I don't expect you to have studied them up. Well, it's the Ben Howland game, right? Number one, it's the Ben Howland game, right? Ben, both both former programs where, of course, Ben Howland coached at. You know, Mississippi State. If you look at them just like in a vacuum, right? And and obviously, I literally got out of my car from the Pete, coming from the Pete from the watch party. It's it's eight forty five p.m. as we record this. On Selection Sunday. This is like instant reaction emergency pod type stuff that we're doing. But Mississippi State, okay, 21 and 12 overall, 8 and 10 in the SEC. And I want to stress that, okay, 8 and 10 in the SEC. They're 4 and 6 on the road, but they are 5 and 2 on neutral court. So not a bad team when it comes to these like tournament settings or the neutral settings, if you will. Mississippi State, they've beaten Marquette. Obviously, a two seed. They've beaten TCU in the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge. And then they have some marquee wins within the conference. They got Missouri, Arkansas they beat. They beat Texas A&M. And then just on Friday, uh, they lost to Alabama, of course, the top overall seed in the whole thing uh, in the SEC tournament. So that's just a vacuum look at. It's Chris Jans. He was a former coach at New Mexico State, former at Bowling Green, two programs I'm familiar with. And uh, this is going to be fun. Who kn- and the best thing about this, Gary, we could talk for days about 
here's how Pitt's going to win. Here's how Mississippi State's going to win. We're at that time of the year where the, the old cliche, throw the record books out the window, throw it all out the window. It's a fresh start. And I'll have something on the site on, uh, you know, mo- Monday morning about the players' reaction, more from them when we got to the Pete. You know, we heard from Jamarius Burton, Nellie Cummings, Greg Elliott, Blake Hinson, and they're ready to wash away what just happened, that one in three close to the regular season. Obviously, the losses to Notre Dame and to Duke were not pretty in the slightest. The defense right. needs cleaned up. They are well aware of that. The rebounding needs cleaned up. They're aware of that. We'll get to the X's and O's and the minutia of what Pitt basketball needs to do to advance to Friday to Greensboro. But we're in. That's the key thing right now. After all this sweating, after all of this resume talk and nets and all this, it's done. It's done. We get to focus on the postseason. We get to focus on the dance. We get to focus on filling out brackets. And it's just the best, Gary. Yeah, all that mess over. Now it's literally all about wins and losses. Nothing but that's all that matters. How you get them doesn't matter. When you get them is the only thing there is on the table. You got to get what's in front of you. And Mississippi State is first. And when is that game, Corey? I I think a lot of people were probably a little confused watching that selection show. It was weird because on the selection show, they said Tuesday, but then they said, oh, they'll play Iowa State Friday, whoever wins this game. So everybody's like, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, they're going to take that many days off in between games. Usually it's play every other day, and then you're in the tournament, and then you play back-to-back days on the weekend, right? Not re- Or not back-to-back days, you play every other day on the weekend. So that's conventional wisdom. It's like, oh, they're going to play Wednesday and then Friday. But no, it is Tuesday, 9 p.m. The game will be broadcast on True TV. So. Find True TV. This is that time of year. If you're not like an impract- <laughs> if you're not an impractical Jokers fan like I am, I love the show. I've loved the show for years. If you don't know where to find Impractical Jokers, then you don't know where to find Pitt's game on Tuesday. So, find whatever cable company you got, figure it out. That's where they're going to be. I know the March Madness app is also pretty good about live streaming their games. If you download it on you know your yeah. phone or your tablet or whatever. I think now they've kind of cleaned up. I remember, you know, 10 years ago, you could stream on the March Madness app and like everything was free. It was amazing. But now I think you have to actually have like, you know, a Spectrum or a Dish TV or Direct TV, whatever it is, subscription. So, I mean, stream them on mobile. I know, you know, this is the best time because like these first few games of the tournament, these first few days of the tournament, nobody's working. Nobody's being productive. Right. No, if you're in the office, you're not doing spreadsheets, you're not on Excel, you got the game open, or you're dual screening, you know, you got Word on one side, you got the game on the other, you know, if you're in a, a state where you can do this, maybe you're throwing a little little scratch on a game or two, <laughs> I mean, it's that time of year, Gary, that's why March Madness is so beautiful, it's the chaos around it, it's the fun around it, it's the inclusiveness around it, and for the first time again in seven years, Pitt's a part of it, and this is it. Let's make no bones about it. The play-in is in. They are in the big dance. Absolutely. Everybody, schedule your tattoo that festers. Schedule your vasectomies. You know, if you've got a distant aunt that hasn't been feeling so well, now's the time to tell the boss. You know, you got a lot of things to take care of to make sure you're off this week. I think let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's hammer the bracket a little bit, man. I think there's a lot to talk about with that.
All right, and welcome back to the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's time to talk about where Pitt might wind up if they manage to win that first four matchup against Mississippi State, the Midwest. And, uh, Corey, I, I think the best thing to do here is to probably take the matchups one by one and talk through them. But um, is that is that going to work for you, you think? I mean, we don't want to be here. We don't want to be here for three hours either. So what I think we could do here, what I think we could do here is kind of gloss over these first rounds and like get to the sweet 16 that way. I think that's a good way to go about it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, so you got to think Houston's going to come out of it, right? They're the number one seed. Yeah. yeah, So Houston over Northern Kentucky, Iowa, Auburn is an eight, nine, you know, these eight nines are always good. And this Iowa-Auburn 8-9, like, is the Big Ten that good? Is it not? Like, how good is the Big Ten really? Iowa-Auburn is interesting, and that game is in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. So, Auburn, it's kind of a home game for them. I like Auburn there. Uh, Miami and Drake. Drake's a nice little darling. We'll see how healthy Norchad O'Meara is for Miami, but I think they'll win. Indiana-Kent State's an interesting one to me because Sincere Carey at Kent State is a baller. That dude could score the orange like no other guard can. He's unbelievable. And I just watched Kent State take a Toledo team in the MAC final. I'm a little biased, obviously. I covered Toledo. I'm from Northeast Ohio. Toledo was on a, I believe it was 17-game winning streak going into that MAC final. MAC player of the year, Ray J. Dennis. Coach Tom Kowalczyk, coach of the year out there. Kent State beat their bottoms out. I mean, it was brutal. (laughs) <laughs> up in Cleveland, up in Cleveland, fittingly, of course. So Kent State, Indiana to me, and I think the Big Ten, of all the teams in the Big Ten that can make a run, it's Indiana. That's just on me, though. So out of there, I like it, you know, in a Sweet 16 vacuum. I like Indiana. I like Houston. Is that chalky? Yes. But also, like, it just makes sense. And then you got Xavier is the three, Texas is the two there. By the way, it is possible – it is now lined up that the Sweet 16 could be Pitt and Penn State. So, as fate might have it, they're in the same exact region. A Sweet 16, should they both advance, would be Pitt against Penn State on that third weekend, on the weekend of March 23rd. So, that's like the big intriguing thing. So, if Pitt wins on Tuesday, they play the sixth seed Iowa State. The winner of that game would get the winner of Xavier and Kennesaw State. Uh, in that region. Xavier, obviously, the three seed there. Yeah, Texas A&M, Pitt, uh, Penn State. That's not a bad draw for Penn State, actually. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that matchup for them. They they have a shot in that one. And, and Texas and Colgate, Texas is pretty superior there, I think. Um, I, I like Texas out of this, this group, too, in the bottom. I, I think they have a good shot to get into the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. as well. Who who do you think? I think we'll kind of go rapid on this. Like mid in the Midwest, is there a double digit? Like is Pitt? Do you think could Pitt could be the double digit if there was one to come out of this region? Because here's here's how I feel about Pitt. Okay, and this is just from seeing them. You know, over the last couple of weeks here, they went one and three to finish the season. Of course, like. I know Duke beat them down pretty badly in that ACC tournament quarterfinal, obviously a 27-point loss, and there's a, I think a reason we're avoiding that because it was just – Pitt had nothing positive to take out of it. 
quite frankly. I mean, 12-0 run to start the game, 12-0 run to start the second half. Like, Pitt just ran them out. So, right. like, I don't know how tired Pitt is because, you know, they've had to go on this stretch run. They haven't had a deep bench. They haven't had much contribution from the bench, although the Twins looked okay against Duke in some spots. But I don't know what Pitt's ceiling in this region is. Just based on that side right there to go along with Xavier, Texas. Like, I don't Pitt, take I, – I, I can't put them past Xavier. That's like, my problem. That's what I mean. If Pitt gets to the second week, let's say Pitt gets to the second round, you know, March 18th, March 19th, that's, of course, coming after, you know, this first round on, on Thursday and Friday. Pitt would play Iowa State Friday. So you would think that a proverbial Pitt second-round game would be Sunday – do I trust them against Xavier? Not really. I, I just don't. Like, Xavier, out of that Big East, like, that Big East top-heavy, Marquette, Xavier, and, uh, and UConn, of course, like, that's a tough league to win in. And Xavier found ways to win in that league. So sure. if, if, They're like, a good we, they're a great basketball this, team. And, we did and this they can kind shoot of with the hell Pitt. out of the they can shoot the hell out of the threes too. And, mm-hmm. but that's the same thing that makes Pitt dangerous. If Pitt right. gets red hot from three, there aren't a lot of teams that can hang with them. If they shoot 45% from mm-hmm. three, you know, now they haven't done it recently. They're in a right. cold stretch right now. So it really, a lot of it depends on how those balls start to fall for them. Who do you like out of the final four of the Midwest? Because I'll just outright say it. I, I think Houston like is on a war path to the final four. At I this mean, stage. spoiler alert. I think Houston is my pick to win it all. So I'm, I'm certainly not going to cast them out of their own quadrant. That's but, fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the West. We got Kansas is the number one seed. Howard is the 16. What do you think about that? Kansas, I think will probably advance for a little while. See, here's where I think Kansas could run into trouble. Like, Arkansas, Illinois in the second round. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I trust either team there. Like getting to the Sweet Sixteen, and then facing a proverbial St. Mary's, the VCU, obviously winning the A10, a UConn. I don't think Iona has a chance against UConn that four thirteen. And by the yeah, way, like there. And by the way, like is that Rick Pitino's last stand at Iona because there's rumors everywhere about him going to St. John's now. Yeah. Like, is this Rick Pitino's, like, last stand? So, like, between Kansas and UConn, I kind of like UConn as a four overtaking Kansas. Like, I'm not saying Kansas is not good. Obviously, they're amazing. Like, Bill Self coming back, we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, he's, you know, in the hospital and, and dealing with the personal issue. But I've just liked UConn all year. And I think they they haven't really shown yet what exactly they can do. Like, this team shoots 46% from the field. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Like, that's the thing I think that could damn them. But they're a good rebounding team. They kill you on the offensive glass. Assist to turnovers pretty, you know, it's fine, you know. So, I think UConn is like the team, if it's not the one, could come out of that region, um, you know, out west. All right, let's skip to the bottom because I got a couple questions here. First, okay. is UCLA real? And, I think so. I think and so. second, is Gonzaga better than them anyway? Here's like, you know what's funny about Gonzaga? I was listening to radio. Um, yeah, I listened to Adam Shine on Sirius XM, fellow Syracuse alum, but that's besides the point. And Shine 
used the phrase the Mark Few flu the other day because it's like that time of year where we look at Gonzaga and we're like, is this the year? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point that Gonzaga's finally going to do it. Like we're waiting for Gonzaga to break through. And then you look at now with the seedings in that region, Gonzaga has to go through UCLA to get to the Elite Eight. Then they would have to go through, let's just say it's Kansas, to get to the Final Four or UConn. Or, and they would likely have to get through TCU and Jamie Tixon in the second round. Like, this road for Gonzaga is really hard. And then, like, you look up at the bottom of that with UCLA and Northwestern. Like, I think UCLA handles Northwestern. I think UCLA beat Gonzaga one-on-one. UCLA versus UConn or Kansas, all right, we can have a conversation. But... You know, with who's the big man that just got hurt for UCLA? Bona got yeah. hurt, and then they lost Jalen Clark, who's arguably their best p- overall player, certainly their best defender. I think he was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. So certainly their best defender, Jalen Clark, is out too. So can they overcome those two injuries? I don't know. That's why I'm kind of like feeling UConn here. If UConn can get by Kansas, I kind of like them coming out of this region. Not bad, man. I, I think that's a pretty good – diagnosis i i don't believe in kansas as much as many of the other number ones i would say so this to me the west is probably the most wide open i could even see a team like northwestern somehow pulling off some kind of a shocker and taking a, a little bit of a run they, they just tend to outplay their competition a lot i like boise state though like i think this might be my 10-7 upset I like Boise State. I watched a little Mountain West this year. Boise State gets you on the glass. They shoot the, you know, they shoot at a pretty decent rate, 45% from the field. Their three-point percentage is about 36, so maybe a little lower than you'd like. Their rebounding numbers are not fantastic, but like their guards are still really good. They have really good yeah. guard play. And as you know, in tournament time, you need good guards, and good guards tend to carry, so I think Boise State does beat Northwestern in that first game. That's my seven, like seven ten special this year. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll argue in the break about whether a ten seven is actually an upset when we're picking a bracket, and then uh, we'll come back. We'll pick the other side. Welcome back to the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Corey and Gary with you, and we're going to jump to the other side of the bracket now. It's time to travel south, and that's the Alabama Conference. They are number one, and this also has Arizona in it, Baylor, Virginia. West Virginia is in this one, so some interesting matchups all around. What do you think here, Corey? Anything excite you? This is where... My St. Peter's lies, if there's going to be one, you know, I'm talking like 13th seed or lower that could get somewhere. Sweet 16, maybe Elite Eight. Like the Cinderella, I think, this year is 14th seed UC Santa Barbara. I just, I like the matchup over Baylor. I like the matchup. I I like UCSB's speed. I like their guards. I like their tempo. I like how they score it. I like how, like, they have some players that are not 
the most savvy with rebounding and the most savvy with, you know, block shots and all of that. But they have, what am I looking at here? I'm looking at one player who shoots it. Anderson shoots it over 42.5% from three. Wishart shoots it at 38.4%. Norris at 39%. Keith Tong at 25%. Like they have some shooters, Mitchell at 28%, Pierre-Louis at 28%. Like, they have different guys that will at least try and will at least get the ball worked to them on the perimeter. And I think that if you see Santa Barbara just finds ways to catch Baylor off guard, get him in transition, find ways to get those quick transition threes, I think that could be like the, the, the big seed losing to the small seed in this one. Like I think this could be the St. Peter's because should you see Santa Barbara beat Baylor, they get Creighton and NC State next. And I don't have as much confidence in NC State as maybe I did before. And Creighton is kind of a coin flip to me as a six seed. Like that game as a 6-11 is more coin flippy than maybe any other 6-11 matchup, even if Pitt right. gets even if Pitt gets to Iowa State. So like that one I'm not sure of either. So let's say UC Santa Barbara comes out of that first weekend, then they're probably looking at Arizona in the Sweet 16. Like that's like to me my big high seed to look at. And by the way, West Virginia versus Maryland here, that's a close 8-9 as well. I think that's a real close 8-9, but I'm not going to pick against Alabama here unless something crazy happens, like Brandon Miller suspended, half the team suspended, Nate Oates is suspended, like because of <laughs> obviously what happened. I mean, seriously, because of what happened, like unless yeah, something crazy happens. We don't know what's going to happen with, with them, and I understand what you mean. Um, they're a great basketball team. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the the way that the team came together this year. They look great, but man, how do you pick them? You know, I, you just almost got to think turmoil is going to get them at some point, one way or another, and leaves the door open for team like Arizona or Baylor or you know even Virginia, Virginia who can go lock lock down defense on you at times when they're really humming. That, that can win in the tournament, too. It sneaks up and scares people, especially some of these high-scoring teams. You punch them in the mouth with defense for 15 minutes and see if they've got what it takes to muscle through it. I think a Virginia-Alabama Sweet 16 matchup is delicious. The Tony Bennett defense versus that Nate Oates offense, I mean, that's like dreamy stuff you think about when you think of NCAA tournament games. I mean, that one just screams close contest, all th- like three-point margin all throughout. That one has probably like the best matchup on paper of these one fours and the potential in the Sweet 16. Arizona is intriguing to me because like I, I feel like with that Pac-12 championship game, if you watched it, I think that was more about UCLA blowing it than it was Arizona State winning it. Like yeah. UCLA missed free throws. They couldn't get out in transition. They missed some easy shots. Like I think that was more about UCLA than it was about Arizona. So I don't know how sold I am on Arizona as a two. Like, if they get to the Elite Eight, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would kind of be surprised to see them beat either Alabama or Virginia. I think Missouri might give them trouble, to be honest. So, I'd agree I with mean, that. It's a, it's a tough bracket, really, to, to figure even, because I, I just talked up Virginia. Furman's not a bad team, and that is not a bad matchup for them, because mm-hmm. that's the way Furman plays, too. So, I mean, there's a real good shot that those two kind of almost come together and and fight the same war. And, you know, that's a 50, 60 point winner, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Alabama to the final four here with an asterisk that nothing crazy happens and the program doesn't blow up over the next week. Right. And they will be everybody's pick to not win. And if they, they it, really, and if it's not Alabama, I would on, honestly, I would take Virginia. here. Like I like, I just like Tony Bennett's defense at this time of the year. Yeah. All right. So let's move to the East. We've got Purdue, um, you know, a rare, number one bid for Purdue. So they're kind of not your perennial returning number one team. Neither is Alabama for that matter. So, I mean, we should point that out. There's a couple newbies on this side of the board. Um, Marquette's in this one, Kansas state, Kentucky is always a team that can kind of go off at a number six seed. You don't want to face them. Tennessee is surprising this year. Duke who right now, Duke just looks Look unbeatable. I would not want to play Duke right now. And and I'm not just saying this because of the way that Pitt lost to them. I'm talking the way they finished that ACC tournament. No, they looked unbeatable. Against Pitt, they it, like nothing could stop them. And against Virginia down the street. I mean, Filipowski is on fire right now. He he might be he's he's easily one of the top three players going to college basketball right now. Yeah. Just based on the last week and a half of play. Look. I'm not a believer in the Big Ten in this tournament. I'm just not. Like, the Big Ten to me was like Purdue, Indiana, and then just a bunch of mediocre that just beat themselves up. I, I think there's a reason that Penn State, with all due respect, got to the championship game in that tournament. And I think with all due respect, there's a reason why Ohio State got to the semifinal in that tournament. Crappy Ohio State that, like, stunk, okay? They were like 2-15 yeah. and 15 at a certain point throughout the year. So, for me... I can't I can't be sold on Purdue coming out of this region. I can't be. I like Marquette more. I like Tennessee more. I like Duke way more. I even like an FAU who had who's one of four teams in college basketball to win 30 games this year as a mid-major. As a mid-major, I should put the caveat on that. But like right. but like I think Duke beats I, I think Duke beats him in the Sweet 16, beats Purdue. I, and I don't and quite frankly, like Filipowski on Edie, I don't think twice about it. I mean, I I might consider picking Duke here <laughs> to, to come out of this uh, this segment, and and maybe I'm biased, but man, I I just think they've come together as a team at the right time. Coach looks hungry, players look hungry. They're fighting through injury. They're believing in each other. They're playing like a team. They're passing the ball. They're, they're winning just about every way you possibly can. I I hate to say it because, you know, I'm not a Duke bandwagoner, but damn. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the hotter team. Like this is in the top three, if not two or one, of the hottest teams going in college basketball right now with the way they're playing. So, yeah. all right, here's my final four. Let's get to this, okay? Yes. Out of the south, I have Alabama. That's a one. Out of the east that we just talked about, do I go Duke? I think Duke beats Purdue in the Sweet 16. I think, wow, this is hard. Kentucky, Providence, Kansas State, Montana State, Michigan State, USC, Marquette. I think Marquette would beat do I want Kentucky? I take Marquette and Duke in the Elite Eight. And then who wins that? That's such a coin flip. You know what? Because you're going to pick Duke, I'll take Marquette out of this. Okay. Just for just for talking points. So I'll go Marquette out of the East, Alabama out of the South. 
I'm picking Houston out of the Midwest. I'm not thinking twice about it, really. And then I'm going to take out of the West, I'm going to take, do I want UConn or UCLA? I want UConn out of the West right now. So my final four is Alabama, Marquette, Houston, UConn. National semifinal, I will take, let's see, it'll be Alabama versus Marquette. I'll take Alabama. I'll take Houston over UConn. And I'll take Houston to beat Alabama. Uh, I suppose I have to do this too, but I'm going to jump down to just the final four. I think you can pick the same. You can pick the same thing I I do, but I just think that when I think of the two best teams in college basketball this year, it was Alabama and Houston. Like, I'm probably going Alabama, Houston, Duke, and this is going to be boring, but UCLA. Okay. I th- I think that's where we're going. Okay. Okay. At least for me. And so, as far as the overall winner, Houston. I think Houston to me, best mm-hmm. team I've watched this year. And uh that I that even rivals what I've seen Duke do recently. So that's where just, I'd go with that. They're just so they're well coached, number one. Yeah. They're deep number two. They're long number like they have all of the boxes checked for a prototype yeah. national champion basketball team. They just do. They can beat you long. They can beat you short. They can beat you with defense. They can beat you with offense. I mean, and look at the road they have. Northern Kentucky, they won the Horizon League. All right, whatever. Iowa, Auburn, not really a believer in that. Then you go to the Sweet 16. It's basically Miami or Indiana. Of the teams in the Big Ten, I think Indiana has the potential to go the furthest. As in like an Elite Eight run. Yeah. But I also don't see them beating Houston either, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we've watched Houston play. I, right. I agree with you. I just I think they're the, the cream of the crop this year. Then, the, and then in the Elite Eight, they basically have either Xavier or Texas, unless, you know, Penn State or Texas AM wants to make a run, or Pitt if they want to make a run. But like <laughs> I just don't I just don't see Houston losing in that region at all. I don't either. But First, before we get into the, the last couple little story items we had, I just want to say, no matter what here, enjoy it. We haven't been in the dance in a while, everybody. Let's watch this. Let's love it. it let's not worry about where they're going to stop. Let's just let them go week by week, game by game. Enjoy house money. Can. House yeah. money, right? You're playing with house money. Weren't supposed to be here. Weren't picked to be here. All that applies. Like, arguably like on the bubble again, you can play that narrative. Should they have gotten in whatever here they are. Right. So enjoy well, let's it. Talk for about, sure. Let's talk about a team that was supposed to be here. Didn't make it. And then decided to take their ball and go home instead of playing the NIT um, North Carolina. what did you think of that? Yeah. So North Carolina basketball put out a statement. In fact, Hubert Davis himself put out a statement. They declined the invite to play in the NIT. North Carolina is now officially the first AP preseason number one ranked team to miss the NCAA tournament since the field expanded in 1984-85. Think about that. That's a long time for that to happen. And this Carolina team, the same Carolina team that was an eight seed in last year's tournament, rode all the way to the final four. They beat, of course, Duke. In the final four, they sent Coach K packing. They had a first half lead over Kansas in that championship game. Probably should have won that championship game. And now they're out. 
What do you and think happened to them? I think he watched them the, just like I did, man. And I think they let the pressure get to them. Uh, Hubert Davis said it after they lost in the ACC tournament. They let it all get to his, their heads. They let the hype. They let the we're North Carolina. I'm flexing as I say that. They let the that's Armando Baycott, preseason player of the year. Like we got Caleb Love and Leaky Black and RJ Davis. They let it get to their heads. Hubert Davis said it, and I agree with him 100%. This team did not play like they were preseason ranked number one. They acted like it, but they didn't play like it. They didn't let that product show on the court. This team had a ton of potential. They were rightly picked number one in the AP poll. They were rightly picked to win the ACC. Armando Baycott was rightly picked as the preseason player of the year. We were right in saying R.J. Davis is a great point guard and getting Pete Nance was a final piece and Leaky Black's a good forward as a grad student. Like We were right to say all that stuff about North Carolina. They just didn't act the part and they lose game after game. They were, what, 1-10 or 1-9 in quad one? Right. Like every big opportunity they got, they just effed it up. <laughs> and the fact that they were, you know, still just out ought to tell you how much the computers wanted them in in the first place, just from where they were picked. Right. I mean, like they had to fall precipitously to miss this tournament, whereas Pitt had to do damn near everything right to get in it. I mean, they started from two different places and, and they ended up crossing paths where one makes it and the other one doesn't. It just didn't go the way everybody thought it would every year. And all I can say is, damn it, Corey, isn't that what sports is all about? You never know until you actually see them lace it up. Because that North Carolina team on paper, they should be dancing right now. And we should be talking about how they're going to march through their, their bracket. They, they're built like a brick shit house. <laughs> they oh, are. I mean, I mean, there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. By the way, Pitt was the third to last team get it to get in. They were second listed among the last four in, um, and they are the 44th overall seed in this tournament. So they're the very last 11 seed right now. But you know, when you look at the bracket breakdown and like how many ACC teams got in, it was only a handful. When you look at the quality of the teams that got in, obviously Pitt was leading the league for a good chunk of the year. NC State kind of like squeaks in. Um, Duke, of course, Miami, the way they've been playing, Virginia. Like, I think the right teams from the ACC got in. I'll make that blatantly clear. Like, the I last didn't thing look, I, I didn't look at Clemson much as a tournament is, team. Well, Clemson was the only one that I was going to mention because there was a time this year where I thought they looked like they had really, really come together as a nice team and they, and they had a good shot at it. They just let it slip away. They had a lot of the same kind of things fighting them that Pitt did. Mm -hmm. They just didn't beat as many good teams. So by the way, I think it's kind of weak on UNC's part that they're not playing in the NIT. Like I understand you take your ball and go home. This is not what you played for. I get that, but you kind of come off maybe a little as sore loser ish. You know, I, I get it in a way, but also it's like, come on, you kind of deserve this, to be honest. You didn't earn your way into the NCAA tournament, and you probably should have realized this weeks ago that this was going to happen unless you turn the ship around. They just lost game after game after game, and here they are. So makes you wonder if you don't have a coach that knows his guys have quit and doesn't want to get embarrassed anymore. 
it's it's a strange thing, but you know, I think the ACC, even though the the number of teams is low, is re- is going to be well represented by the teams that are in it. I think Virginia has some Final Four potential. I think Miami has maybe a ceiling of Elite Eight. I think Pitt, you know, that Iowa State's that Iowa State's a tough out. Like you can say what you want about their record and their conference record and their quad one and all that, but they're playing in the toughest league in college basketball. And they're doing it day in and day out. Like Iowa State's seen tougher competition than Pitt this year. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I like um, Iowa State. So mm-hmm. I think State, that's yeah. a tough matchup too. Hey, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Corey. Thank you for making the time after being there all day and watching the watch party and look forward to your coverage this week. Hopefully next week we're talking about some crazy stuff happening, huh? I mean, if not, we're going to be covering a game or two and it, hopefully happily. Well, here's what's kind of on tap before we get out of here. Number one, we're going to obviously talk about the NCAA tournament as it goes on, you know, on, on the weekly on the weekly pod. That's that's a definite for however sure. long Pitt's in it. And then even after they leave, you know, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. But we're starting spring football practice this week, Gary. We got Pitt football coming around the corner. The spring game is April 16th. We're just over a month away on that. So... Pretty soon here, you know, literally this week, we'll be hearing from Pat Narduzzi. We'll be hearing from some players. We'll be hearing from what's going on at Pitt football camp as, as right. spring ball gets underway. So, you and know, the engine, a, the engine doesn't stop. We got a women's basketball coach search going on. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that are going to pop up we'll be talking about. But, yeah, it's time to go hooping. For H2P. now, I'm on, the ro- I'm on the road to Dayton, H2P. We'll see you.